0: to see what Jesus wants us to do. And that's what the scripture is, it's like a coach. It's a coach that tells us this is the way you play, this is the way you behave, this is the way you speak, this is the way you act. And as I was studying Romans last year, this little passage, it just jumped out to me and looking at these phrases have been very, very helpful. Romans 12, starting with verse 9, and you'll recognize a couple of the sermons I've already uh, spoken if you've been here in recent weeks or if you've been listening to the podcast. Love must be without hypocrisy, detest evil, cling to what is good, show family affection to one another with brotherly love, outdo one another in showing honor. As you may remember, those two first two phrases in verse 9 are messages I've already given. Today, we're going to focus on verse 10. And I think the first part of verse 10 is pretty self-explanatory. I think that uh, some more explanation uh, isn't necessary. Uh, show family affection to one another with brotherly love. I mean, we are supposed to show love to one another like we are related because we are. Through Christ, we truly, truly are. This message is for Christians. If you're not a Christian, you'll be able to apply it in other ways, but I'm speaking to you as if you've decided to follow Christ and his His ways matter to you and you wanna live the way he wants you to live. And what we'll focus on today is this phrase, outdo one another In showing honor. Outdo one another in showing honor, specifically honor to one another. Honor to God is important, but this is talking about honor to one another. So, the title of my message today is Show Honor. Beth was leading a Bible study in the last couple of weeks on her Tuesday night women's Bible study, and they were talking about various mission trips, and she had mentioned a mission trip to New York that. We had been to several years ago, and then she shifted to begin to describe a situation that happened just a couple of weeks ago in Costa Rica, another place we had been. This situation, we're very concerned about it uh, because there have been massive rainfall and mudslides, and she is describing this to the ladies, and she is saying mudslides have taken some of the homes and affected the churches and affected the schools and the poor people who live on the side of a mud hill are losing their homes and don't know where to go. It's a very concerning situation and all of you would be interested in the story, but there was one lady in particular who just couldn't let it go. She said, what are you talking about? And where is this? And, and, and where exactly do these people live? And why haven't I heard about it? And the reason she was so concerned is she had not heard the conversation translated from New York City down to Costa Rica. And so she was imagining in New York City, uh, these people living on the side of a hill uh, and, and mudslides and thinking the media had overlooked that. And so this would be a bad situation either way. But this is an example of something that has happened to you too, where you have given a message and it's totally got lost in translation. Now that has probably happened to you this very week. Uh, There's so many examples of this. We could go on and on. I could pass the microphone throughout the audience and we could all give an example of when we thought we were communicating one thing, but the person was hearing something else. Well, this is the situation I think we have with the word honor as it is used in the context of a church body, that that word has been abused, that word has been twisted, that word has been used selfishly. Now, in society as a whole, I think we could honor people more. I think that our manners can improve. I think that uh, our civic attitudes could be better and could be uh, more refined and, and, and could express ourselves in a more intelligent way. And I think all of that is good. But in some streams of churches, in some churches, the idea of honoring and showing honor has been directed only one way, and that is to the pastor or to the pastor's wife or to the overseer. And so it's, it's gotten really ridiculous to where, you know, you know, pastors or church leaders or TV evangelists are just maybe treated way above Jesus. I mean, we're. Jesus has been forgotten in this whole mix. and So because of that, sometimes we step away from the whole idea of honoring one another. Well, I, This scripture is showing us clearly that, that we need to honor not just one person in the church, not just the leader. We need to get busy showing honor to each other. We need to get busy showing honor to one another and making sure that, honor is known so the first thing i want us to recognize and this is the first point you'll see in your notes whether you're following on you version or in the review is that we need to identify honor identify what honor is because honor has been twisted honor has been polluted honor and the concept of honor has been used wrongly and i'm going to talk a lot about church life simply because That is my profession, and I work full-time for the church, and that's my experience. But Charlie, you can apply this to the police department. Chip, you can uh, uh, apply this to your business. You can apply this to the classroom, and you just need to do that uh, and make that translation in your mind, because I'm not going to be able to always make every translation apply perfectly to you. But I think it will have the dual purpose of creating God's culture in this church and also helping you to apply this in whatever industry you're involved in or whatever you find yourself doing. Now, the word honor is not simply about language. It's not about our words. Even though that is a part of it, we need manners. We need to be polite. I think this world could use some more yes sirs and yes ma'ams and no sirs and no ma'ams. I think that, We need to understand that manners do make a difference, but it's possible to be able to say the right words, but not to honor someone in our hearts. Honoring someone is not about titles. I've found that titles mess people up. The less titles we can give out, the harder people work and the better things go. So it's not about titles. And Paul himself uh, he called himself a servant of God. He didn't call himself by title the great, reverend, honored Paul. You know, he called himself Paul, a servant of God. Now, how that works in our culture, uh, I am completely fine with you calling me Aaron. Uh, I understand why your children and some of you call me Pastor Aaron. I call my pastor Pastor, and I do that because it helps me but you're certainly not required to do that. I'm not asking you to do that. I'm comfortable with you calling me anything. I want you just to, uh, I'd rather have respect from your heart than a title that you have to give to me. Because there are some churches that have like 20 members, which there's nothing wrong with having a small church, but Of those 20 people, 10 of them are bishops, and five of them are deacons, and the other five are pastors, and they're all calling each other all these titles, and I just think we ought to call each other servants of God. In fact, I put my head into the men's Bible study at 8 a.m., and I just said, hello, mighty men of God, and Charles Watson was leading the, the Bible study, and he said, no, we are humble servants of the Lord. I thought... Good sermon illustration, Charles. Thank you, thanks. That is really timely. So we don't need to get hung up on titles. Let's just get that out of the way right now, okay? Honor is not about titles. That's the lowest level of honor. Honor means something much more deeper than that. And here's here's a definition for you. Honor means to appraise very highly or to consider something valuable or precious. To honor means to appraise highly or to consider something valuable or precious. And so whatever you value in your life, you honor. If you devalue something or if it doesn't mean something to you, then you won't honor it anymore. But if something means something to you and something is of value and of high value, you will instinctively honor it. Not because you have to, not because your arm is twisted, but because out of your heart you show value and you have esteemed that value very high. Now, the last few years, we've seen a very volatile housing market. I remember as recently as two years ago, people saying the, houses of, the prices of homes will never be what they were. In 2006, And then here we are today and the price of homes have come back. I thank God for that. So what is the value of your home? I mean, what have you appraised your home for? You get, sometimes when you, uh, we get a letter in the mail and the government's trying to appraise it very high, you get mad because you don't wanna pay many taxes. And then when your neighbor appra- puts it on the market lower than you want, you get mad. And so what's the value of your home? Well, let me tell you about a home my mother owns. About seven years ago, my mom was considering a move here to Hendersonville from Texas. She lived in Texas 60 years of her life. And so it was a decision that she thought through and she took a lot of trips up here and she started to evaluate the housing market. She loved the church, especially the preacher. She loved being here by the grandkids. Uh, there were things about Tennessee that uh, she preferred. And so one day, about seven years ago, uh, the family, we were going on a walk as a family, and she was on the walk with us on a visit. And there was a house, six doors down from our house, that went, went up for sale. So as we investigated this house, uh, this house had been remodeled, so as a widow, as a single single woman, she was not looking for a fix-it-upper. All right, she was looking for something just to move in. Uh, this house was the right size for her, had what she was looking for, had an extra room and guest room and uh, was not too much of a house, not too little of a house. Uh, this house was actually located on the correct side of the street. I already mentioned it was six houses down from us, but... At that time, the kids were quite a bit smaller. So it wasn't across the street. It was on the same side of the street as us. So she could walk six houses down, excuse me, the kids could walk six houses down and and, and get to the house without crossing the street. So here's the question. What was the value of that house to her? It was more valuable than anyone else in this room. It, It didn't matter what the listing was now, it worked out that it was a good deal for her financially too, but the value had intrinsic value to her that she had evaluated based off factors that were unique. So when you begin to, to look at your life and look at the relationships in your life and look at the people God has put into your life, what value do you put on them? I mean, what value do you put on your brother or your sister or your spouse or your spouse? What value do you put on your 242 liter? What value do they have? Because the amount of value that you place in a person in your life will determine whether or not you're gonna honor them. See, honoring somebody is not about, you know, calling them by the right title. Honoring them is not about lip service and, and saying flattery to them, in the, to their face, but talking bad about them behind their back honoring someone is putting value in that relationship. And when you put value on that relationship, then, then that will affect the way you treat that person. So honor, what value is there? Now, Romans twelve ten. when you look at it in a older translation, the new King James version is an example. This, this verse might bring back a, a remembrance to you. I kind of read this in the New King James Version and thought, okay, I remember hearing this now. It says it this way, be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love in honor giving preference to one another. In honor giving preference to one another. Here's a different version. Back when I used to be around people who spoke Christianese, this is one of the words they would use. They're like, I'm gonna show preference to my brother let him go before me in the line. And that's probably where this came from. But this word preference is important. Because this word preference means this. To take the lead. To be the guide. To set the example. So with that in mind, look at what the scripture is saying. In honor, take the lead. In honor, be the example. In honor, set the pattern. If you want to honor someone, if you want to... Highly value someone. If you want to esteem someone, set the pace. Be the person who who is an example or a guide to show honor, to giving preference to one another. Honor, give preference to one another. Now this communicates, this communicates something even deeper if you start thinking about this. This means you want someone else to be more successful, worse than you want to be successful. That's, that's what honoring someone is. Honoring someone means I'm going, to, I'm going to serve Beth, my wife, because I want the party that she's hosting tonight to be more successful than I want to watch the second half of the Dallas Cowboys. Now, I tell you, this is a hypothetical situation in several ways. I I want to honor, I want to honor Todd, Todd Kent. And I want Todd Kent to have a great experience at church. So I'm going to do whatever I can to make sure Todd has a great experience. Okay, I, I want Lisa, one of my greeters, Lisa Kamler, I want want her to have a great experience. So we're gonna put a schedule together so Lisa knows ahead of time when she's supposed to be a greeter. I'm going to make sure Lisa's successful so she knows what Sunday to show up. And we have her special little badge as if Lisa needs a badge because she's like the friendliest person on the face of the earth. So she doesn't need a badge that says I'm a greeter, but she'll greet you anyway. But I'm going to work... To make Lisa successful. This is what this is about. When you want someone else to be successful, when you want someone else to have success worse than what you want, you're honoring them. It's not simply language. Language has a part, but it's an attitude of the heart that says, says, listen, I want my brother or sister in Christ I want them to have a good experience. I want to serve them. I'm going to take the lead in that. I'm going to take the lead in making sure they're successful at whatever God puts in their heart. Whatever the Spirit's leading us to do. I'm going to give preference to them. Their success is more important than my success. Their experience is more important than my experience. That's what we do to children, guys. When we're serving children... And we're serving in the nursery and we're serving with the kids. We're saying, listen, I want the kids. I want the kids to hear the gospel. I want them to have a great experience. So I'm gonna serve in that area. That's what we do when we volunteer at the Youth 242. Instead of attending maybe a 242 we wanna be at. We're saying, I want these junior high and high school kids to have a great experience at their 242. And we're doing that, we're honoring those children. We're honoring those teenagers saying, our church is gonna have a great children and youth ministry because we're honoring children and we're honoring teenagers. That's what this is about, putting other people's needs before your own. A friend of mine was having his 20th anniversary at his church and this was a big deal. The church had decided to honor him by giving this 20th anniversary service. And so he had people from previous churches that he had pastored come from different states. He had different people who were special to him come for this one particular Sunday. His adult children and their spouses came in for this one particular Sunday. And my friend has an associate pastor who's a friendly guy, he's a nice guy. I've met him, he, he, he says, hey pastor, hello pastor, he's into the title thing and he says yes sir and no sir which is all good stuff. But the only problem with this guy is he doesn't do his job and he doesn't get his job done. So here it was on this big 20th anniversary service and several people had sent, several pastors like myself who could not attend that Sunday morning service had sent a video greeting. And the associate pastor was supposed to get that video together as a key component to the anniversary service. But about 15 minutes before the service, he went into the pastor's office and he said to the pastor and his wife, I'm so sorry, I didn't have time to get the video together and we didn't have time to test it. And so the video is a no-go this morning. Then this same associate pastor did not schedule a sound man. So the service started and the monitors were on. And so the worship team were like up here praising God and into it. But the mains weren't on. So the people out in the, in the congregation couldn't hear the music. So they were all just standing there watching this worship team. Do you know how embarrassing that would be that to, to the worship team? No one had turned the sound system on. And then, no insult if there's any 12-year-olds in here, but the associate pastor had asked the 12 year old who had never run the media before to run the media because he hadn't scheduled anything. And that poor 12 year old didn't know how to run it. And so the words didn't correspond with the music that people couldn't hear and the video wasn't prepared. Now I wanna tell you something, that associate pastor may call his pastor by the right title and might say yes sir or no sir, but he dishonored his pastor because he was was not thorough enough to make sure that service succeeded. I want you to translate that to the classroom you teach in or the school that you serve or the company that you run or the business that you're at. Honoring those God has put over you is about not just words, but about performance. It's about action. It's about doing what God has called you to do. That's why the second point is this. Don't just identify honor, give honor. Give honor. Do what God's called you to do. First Peter, chapter two, verse 17. This is a great insight into the mindset of the first century Christians. Peter wrote these words, honor everyone. Okay, don't just honor the rock star pastor. Don't just honor the TV evangelist. Who laughed about the rockstar pastor thing, huh? <laughs> honor everyone, honor everyone. Love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. Can I remind you that first century, Jewish people did not vote in the emperor. He came in with the Roman army and stripped them of their culture and took over took over their culture and God said, I want you to even honor them. I sh- One thing you need to recognize, you need to honor people that you didn't vote for. You need to honor that principal at your kid's school that you don't like or that coach who's not given enough playing time to your, your son or daughter. There's a way to honor them. You can disagree with them, but I'll let the Holy Spirit work that out in your heart. This was part of the Christian psyche. Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Even honor the emperor. Then Philippians two three shows us this even more. Do nothing out of rivalry or conceit, but in humility consider others as more important than yourself. That's what honoring is. Honoring is thinking of other people's needs more than your own. Pastor Ronnie Meek is one of our overseers and when he visited the church last year and he came and talked to our leadership board and elders and someone asked him a question, do you have any advice on how you can have a team that sticks together for 20 years as Ronnie has led? And he simply said, don't have rivalries. Get on the same team, get on the same side be the same type of people. I, I want to remind you that the word honor is an action word. So it's not enough to think about honoring someone and in your mind think you've honored them. I mean, that's, that's not, not good enough. I can sit there and, and think, wow, Sonia Perry has been volunteering as a children or teenagers worker since 2006. Isn't she great? my mind. Isn't, isn't Sonia, isn't she a committed person? Isn't that great? Me thinking that doesn't honor her. Me saying it does, okay? A lot of times we think we've honored someone just because we thought about it. Just because we thought about honoring someone, we think we have, but we've gotta say it. So I, I told Jonathan Shea, thank you for your commitment to the worship team, for the great job he does in, in, in helping us lead worship every week. It's not enough just to think it, You gotta say it, say, say thank you. We should be thank you machines honoring one another, thanking each other for what we do, thanking each other for the service we give. It's not enough just to think it in our minds. Say it, write that card. You know, I was on pace last year to write 100 thank you notes last year. I was tracking them. And then David Huff decided to go pastor a church in Chattanooga and I had to take over the youth group. And I haven't written many thank you notes since then, but I wanna do it again in one of these years. I'm gonna write hundred thank you notes in one year because we should be a thank you machine. We should go ahead and send the email. Go ahead and contribute to your friend's cause and help them succeed. Donate your time or donate your resources to help their dream come true. Don't just think, well, they're a neat person. No. Get involved. Be a thanking machine. Be someone that shows honor. Not honor directed just to the figurehead. But giving honor to one another. And showing honor to one another. This pleases the Lord. And this is the way the Lord works among his people. And yes, we honor with action. We honor through finishing our work. Or at least explaining why we weren't able to finish our work. That is just as important. We honor one, one another when we try to do a great job for one another. That is a way we honor each other. And so we do that, we say thank you. And so it was, even early this morning, early this morning as I'm getting ready to leave the house, I tell Beth, thank you yesterday for staying home and doing laundry and doing housework while I had the fun activity with the kids, so I had clean clothes this morning. Why? Because I value her and also value clean clothes. But more than that, I value her. And so once you value, whatever you value, you honor. Whatever you value, you honor. You say it, you write it, you email it, you work for it, you recognize them. Take the lead in that, outdo one another and showing honor, outdo one another, and showing each other the recognition God wants you to give. As my college career was winding down, I'm gonna call it a career, it's the, I guess the best $40,000 vacation you ever have in four years, but I was at one of these goofy award ceremonies, not paying attention, and all of a sudden, I heard my name call, and what I had won an award for was the best Sports Editorial in Kansas Small College Newspapers. So I go get my certificate and people are clapping for me. And this award was very, very hollow. It felt very, very shallow. Because as I received the award and looked to see what article was talking about, I had written a handful of articles. I realized that the award I was winning was for an article I didn't even write. What had happened is my editor, which before that sounds very you know, special or unique, that meant the guy who was in the dorm room across the hall, came by and said, I need an article from you for the paper. I said, I don't have time. He said, what were you gonna write about? And I told him an idea of what I was gonna write about. he said, don't worry about it, I'll take care of it. So Tony wrote this article and it gets submitted somehow to wh- whoever gave out this award. And I won an award for something I didn't do. So as I began to you know, see if there was an ethical issue here, all it was was a you know, certificate that was made at Kinko's. So it wasn't like it changed the world or anything like that. And, and I talked to my editor and, and our professor, they said, well, it was your intellectual properties and it's no big deal and let it go. So when people begin to congratulate them, all five of the people who congratulated me. They said, hey, great job on the article. I had to tell them, Tony actually wrote the article. You have to congratulate him. Tony's the one who did the work. You're gonna have to tell him good job. I couldn't receive the credit. I couldn't receive the honor. I couldn't receive the glory for something that I didn't really do. Here's the last phrase I wanna share with you is this, is we need to deflect honor, deflect honor. So it is. So it is when someone comes to us and they say, thank you, thank you for mentoring my student through the Exit 7 Youth Ministry. I mean, is it really your wise ability to work with teenagers? Is Is that what it is? Is it really because... You're so hip and cool. All the teenagers of Sumner County are wanting to hang out with you at age 44. Is that really why they're thanking you? No, they're thanking you because God himself is at work with your volunteer time with the teenagers. When someone comes and they thank you for the 242 group you lead, or they thank you for for the meal you brought to 242, I mean, is your chess pie that you brought to 242 the only chess pie that's ever been cooked in the world? I mean, are you the one who produced the butter? Are you the one who made the crust? Why you give me funny looks, Beth? The point is this. The point is this, is that even when someone honors us, hey, listen, when we really break it down, our abilities and our insight and our talents and our perspectives don't come from us anyway. They come from the Lord. He's the one that gives us the ability to cook. He's the one that gives us the ability to speak. He's the one that gives us the ability to sing. He's the one who gives us the ability to make kids laugh. He's the one that gives us the ability to have jobs that let us do sacrifice and, and, and volunteer work. He is the one who gifts us. And so it is when someone comes and, and gives you honor, as they should biblically, you should deflect it. And just like I said, Tony really deserves the credit. In your heart, you should say God deserves the credit. He deserves the credit. Now on a real practical practical level, like I stand at that door every Sunday and many of you will say, thank you for the sermon. I enjoyed the sermon. And if I just sat there every time God gets the credit, I don't get the credit, then that would get a little bit legalistic. And your encouragement does mean something. And so preachers and worship leaders do need encouragement. And it's not about the mechanics of saying God gets the glory. Because that, that, that'll turn into God gets the glory, sister. Don't thank me, thank him. And all of that, and that, that can become disingenuous if we're not careful. But in your hearts, God always gets the glory. We keep deflecting, deflecting, deflecting. Praise to him, praise to him. Glory to him, honor to him. God has called us to show honor to each other and then God's called us to deflect that honor to God. Now here's a mistake we make, especially if you're not a natural encourager. Because some of you, encouraging is easier than others, but all of you are called to encourage. Sometimes we try to control the situation. And so we'll say, hey, if I encourage encourage that person too much, they're gonna get the big head, so I'm not gonna tell them they did a good job. And so we take the honor that God wants us to show, and we don't freely give it. We think, if I tell Beth Allison what a great worship leader she is, then she's gonna get the big head and go accept that contract to go on the road and tour that she's been resisting for years, and uh, then not be our worship leader anymore. So I'm not going to tell her she did a good job, or, or if we say if I if I call that young youth pastor, Pastor Matt. Uh, he, I mean, he's only been a youth pastor for five months. I'm not going to call him Pastor Matt until he proves himself. And that young pup, you know, he need, he needs to earn that right. And we don't give him the honor, the honor. Then we 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 begin to play God ourselves. So we have a responsibility as brothers and sisters to show honor. That's our responsibility, to give honor, to take the lead in honor, to be the example, to set the pace in honor. And then when we are on the receiving end of the honor, then we have a responsibility to be humble and to deflect it and to give the honor back to Jesus Christ, the one who deserves it. I want us to go to Revelation chapter four and we're gonna see a picture of heaven, a picture of what's happening in heaven right now. We're in heaven, we're in heaven. And it says, whenever the living creatures give glory, honor, and thanks to the one seated on the throne, the, the one who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before the one seated on the throne, worship the one who lives forever and ever. Look at this phrase, cast their crowns. What are their crowns? Their crowns, it's the honor they've received. It's the honor they received. I tell Rita Dumont a lot, great job leading the women's Bible study on Tuesday at 9 a.m. because she is doing a great job. And Rita's gonna take that lady's Bible study and put it at the feet of Jesus. Isn't that an awesome word picture? Thanks, Steve, for the great job you do leading sound. Thanks, Richard, for the great job you do doing the media. And you can take that honor and you can give it to Jesus. They cast their, their crowns before the throne and they say, Blessing. Our Lord and God, you are worthy to receive glory and honor and power, because you have created all things. And because of your will, they existed and were created guys, we're to show honor to one another, but we're not going to sit on that honor. And that honor is not going to make us boastful. And that honor won't boost our ego and make us egocentric people. And that honor won't make us prideful people. Instead, we're going to deflect that honor. And we're going to lay that honor at the feet of him who is completely honorable, who does not ever get prideful to the one who never is corrupted, to the one who is never arrogant, to the one who is always humble and set the example for us and will cast our crowns and cast that honor to him because he is the one that deserves glory and honor and praise both now and forever and ever and ever that's who our god